This is PBE Daily Early Mornings and Late Night Podcast. My name is Point Blank Yvumbi and I'm eternally grateful for the chance to make yet another episode come to life. I took time to finish up on some drawings and take a break and relax before I actually made this episode because it was a revisit of something I touched on last week. And with the fact that things have been going so swimmingly lately and me not having as much stress and feeling like I'm more in control of that which is happening around me, I felt like it was important to revisit some of the stuff I was watching in the past and probably get a better grasp of what I'm supposed to speak on today. As far as even stuff to watch, there's a show I came across and I'm glad I took the time to hold back before I watched it, but I wish I held back a little longer because this show blew my mind over the, over the last weekend. It's a show by HBO known as Outsiders. That show is amazing inspired by a book by stephen king who is a person i've been speaking about on this podcast since like last year you owe it to yourself to go watch that show if you're a fan of thrillers that are borderline horrific go watch that show it it blew my mind in every way shape and form like i never really expected that show to take the angle it took but even the way it is shot it was reminiscent of the first season of True Detective, which is the only season I truly enjoyed. I haven't watched the, the last one with Mahershala Ali, but I'll probably make time to do so in the, in the coming days. But away from that, another thing I started revisiting was a documentary series called Dirty Money. I watched it on Netflix years ago, and I've been thinking about revisiting it because I felt like it was important for me to try add more perspective to what I was going to talk about today. In the episode from yesterday, I hinted at my grappling with the idea of the balance between good and evil, especially when you're trying to pursue wealth and success and power. And that grappling is where I think our humanity finds itself. Because as much as we'd like to exist in an industrial age that we've been around to know of an industrial age, an impressionist age, and an impressionism still is very, very dominant in our existence. Like currently in Kenya, I think my observation of how things are, we're very much in the impressionist state. And during impressionism back in the day, in the initial period that art describes as impressionist, people were not. Uh, quick to judge or jump into wars and fights and all that and the responsibilities were left to those who consider themselves elder statesmen and elder leaders and even industry was just a matter of uh, the older people know what to do and yet the younger people forget that they're growing older as time goes by and as a result they need to deal with that which is the reality they face it takes me back to something i think i've mentioned in this podcast before that when you think of the 1960s in the United States and the baby boomers are our current parents and the baby boomers are guys who were born after the Second World War and their parents being the veterans, they felt they needed to rebuild their, their nations and rebuild their countries. And in our case, our baby boomers were the guys who were going to build the country and all that. And now the children since then who were always told your time is the future, your time is the future, the present comes and they, they're like, hey, you said we're the future, so how about you keep this ball rolling and not really involve me in 
how you're coming to terms with the situation. Because you told me time and again, it has nothing to do with me. So how about you continue fixing the situation? So you end up having people who are more passive thereafter. And try come to terms with that in a world where you know there's no industrial revolution happening or there's no form of industrialization that's really happening. So you have to make things from scratch. You have to build things from scratch. You have to create an industry for yourself and add that to the weight of you're doing it with talents that people don't see as actual careers. They see them as hobbies. And then it comes back to now watching these documentary shows about their figures like Jeff Bezos and Masters of Industry and the banking system. Like in Dirty Money, they talk about how certain companies made their money in fraudulent ways. The first episode talks about Volkswagen and how they swindled the entire world by telling the, the, the world that they have uh, friendly vehicles in the sense of their vehicles do not pollute the air when you find out the diesel engines actually had more fossil fuels coming out into the air and destroying the the environment and the, what they had to face thereafter and then I started thinking about the show I watched that was talking about Amazon and how the Amazon company did its thing and it made me in the last episode even start thinking as far back as how the Rockefellers dealt with their wealth and everything and I also watched another documentary by Frontline called uh, The Facebook Dilemma. And I think I touched on it on this on this podcast. And the information age requires that all the information that is acquired is used to either change perception, change uh, how status quo is maintained, or fix that which you found to be a flaw in society. In many cases, when masters of industry get into an industry they try as much as possible to make things look as if they are trying to do what's best for everyone and there have been authors who have come out talking about how the feudal system that has existed and feudalism is basically one big shot owns a lot of property and that property owner passes to smaller guys who are close to him like let's try use it use the analogy of royalty so a king or a queen owns the entire country because he's the king or the queen so he'll pick certain princes as far as proximity in regards to relation and make them overlords of certain territories. So they will collect tax from other smaller lords who these smaller lords have given land to now the everyday citizen who makes the produce from the lands, gives it to the lord, the lord gives it to the overlord, the overlord takes his cut and then gives the full the other percentage to the government as tax or to the queen as tax. So that's kind of how the feudal system works. And lately the feudalism that changes, and I've watched it in a couple of interviews here and there, where they talk about how the guys who were in America, the masters of industry, and they're talking as far back as the men who built America, which is another documentary you guys need to take the time to watch. And it's done by National Geographic. Or, or, or was it the History Channel? One of the two. Just look for it. It's called The Men Who Built America. And they cover this period in which uh, the different figures from the Carnegies to the Rockefellers on how they built certain industries that bettered the United States. For example, the building, the use of steel in making of infrastructure, oil being the tool that actually helps people have their vehicles move from place to place, and coal and the industrialism and the railway system being made and so transportation becoming even possible from one, one corner of the United States to another. All these things. And now you think about the guys who made like the world become globally connected. And the guy who's normally seen as the, the culprit in all this is Mark Zuckerberg because he literally connected the entire world through a platform online 
whose source of information helps to make the company make money because it sells the data to companies that potentially would want to market to certain individuals. So it's, it's like an advertising newspaper, but it's online. And the part where they win the system is we submitted to join the, the, the bandwagon by creating an account in this American company product. Heck, even this podcast is on an American product. And you start thinking about how, okay, some of the things that they're describing are stuff that's supposed to be affecting predominantly the United States, but the whole world is involved nowadays. An argument could pop up in the United States as far as society is concerned, and we in Kenya would actually have an opinion and would voice our opinions online in support or against whatever's happening on that side of the world. But today's episode, I want really to speak on the compromise that comes with your heart in regards to the kind of power you'd like to have thereafter. Certain individuals, I don't think, are built to understand how power and the corrupting ability that it has is literally just a symptom of the beast. Because, take it this way, and I loosely touched on it last week, sorry, yesterday, and when I think about how I'd like to make successes with the creations I have as far as my comic books and my graphic novels and the stories I'm going to tell and the influence I'd like to have thereafter. I wouldn't want to reach a position where I want so badly to make a successful book that I make somebody else suffer for me to do it. Say, for example, I want to have my book colored and I can't afford to hire somebody to color it. I can't afford it yet, but they're not willing to take the chance for me to work with them and then potentially pay them on future commissions of work that we create together. Because of that, I won't even begin the conversation with the person who'd like to work with me. I'd rather wait until I'm able to have the money, pay the person what they're worth, and make it very clear where I stand as far as who owns the actual work and what happens thereafter. I like putting all my cards on the table from the jump because I would like to avoid a situation where legalities are are brought up in the future and somebody claims that I tried to swindle them. Integrity is very, very important to me. And that's probably why I'm not a master of industry because with the need to not only make sense but be fair kind of works against me. This is just an assumption I'm making, but I could be wrong, and I truly, truly hope that I am, because I've seen so many stories be told about masters of industry and people who speak of the successes they've created, and in every single one of those stories, I've had at least one extra story that talks about how somebody got hurt or shafted in order for that person to become successful. And then in the same breath, I find it hard to really be angry at that person when some of the people who helped him get to where he needs to go because they personally felt disenfranchised, they became whistleblowers. So they were doing it for them to get a moment in the limelight. I don't know if I'm making any sense on this one, but just bear with me. Let me me try to expound on it a little bit further. There was an individual they spoke on who who did um, some artwork, and the artwork he created turned into a successful movie franchise years after he had passed and years after he had been paid for the work he created now the company didn't put 
documentation as far as the legal team was concerned to make sure that individual always under living from what they're creating. I sat down with a lawyer who told me, yes, you own a company, but it would be of greater use to you if, say, somebody wants to buy out your company, to have all the stuff that you personally create be under your name because you created it. And if you created it in partnership with other people, put their names on the copyright certificate that has all the work entailed. So when somebody comes and buys the company, yes, they buy the company, but they still have to negotiate with you for the properties therein. By doing that, I solidify my potential of actually making more return on the work I create in the future. And I also make sure that all the parties involved are also good. Maybe blame it on my Christian upbringing or bring, blame it on the household I grew up in, but we were always encouraged to not do something that causes ill fate for somebody else, for your betterment. I hear and I've watched like stories made, again, which comes back to the old impressionism thing I was speaking on before. Shakespearean stories where they tell you about this whole feel that happens and all these Shakespearean type tragedies that come to pass and how we should try deal with that which is the reality of a person being evil and why we see them as evil yet he was just being objective or she was just being objective and you just didn't see what was happening and you assumed that they would have the common decency to treat you with a fair hand and a fair shake common sense is not so common neither is emotion some people are numb to certain facts. And in my case, because of the fact that I do not want to reach a level where my fate is ill-willed by an individual, I try as much as possible to make things plain, not only emotionally, but also in business. Just be plain and I'll be fair. But as a counter to should those two things that I'm doing with a, with a pure heart if those things go sideways, I am prepared to completely walk away. I am prepared to not argue it out because it drains me more to have to raise my voice and be angry with someone. So I give people a fair shake. I give everyone a fair shake. And if the fair shake is not taken the right way or they misinterpret that which I considered a fair shake, well and good, I will move on and do what I want to do. The whole lone wolf theory based upon how I consider myself a lone wolf, thanks to a friend of mine describing how I work as a lone wolf. The only person I can disappoint is me. The only person I can let down is me because I'm own, I am my own client. I am my own satisfaction in regards to what I'm trying to achieve. In my partnerships, I will go above and beyond to make sure that the ends that I'm holding on to to get things completed are fully laid out and fully completed to the utmost. And I'm talking about taking it to the very next level. If I can do good, I'll aim at great and land wherever I will land in between. But I want everything I put out to always have a fair shake to every person I work for or with. Because by making them look good, I make myself look even better. By having them speak highly of me, I end up being able to make a degree of success in my path. And when I think about guys who want to be masters of industry, because even when they made a documentary that spoke on the Facebook dilemma as far as how when you tell your client, which is the audience, that I do not intend for you to have your information stolen, 
later you find out that you as a person who made a subscription to a, 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 a website or a social network, you, you were never the client. You were the, da- the data source. You are basically the source of information for them to actually make their revenue thereafter. You're part of the cogs and the wheels in the machine. And when it comes to the client himself, the client is now the different advertising agencies and advertising companies that are trying to make a success through you. And they make a success through you because you give your information freely without being asked to do so. And with the information that they've garnered from you, they're going to take that information, see the things that you like, and then push marketing of material that you would definitely want to affiliate yourselves with. And they pull you in to purchase. So the exchange is made. And as time goes by, some some people have been hurt by how these companies work. Let's say, for example, how it was used to determine even potentially the alleged election that we had in our country close to seven to eight years back. And when you think about it, and you watch documentaries talking about how your election was affected by a social network that you actually willingly put information up about, and by putting that information up, they made algorithms that these algorithms would push certain specific pieces of information to you so that you would react a certain way, thus working in favor of that which was the argument being created. It makes you think that for the longest time on social networks, you haven't had an an original thought. And because you haven't had an original thought, it works to their advantage to keep you dumped down as far as they possibly can. You can't be objective because now you worry about the peer influence that you have and your peers are across the globe now. These are the kind of things that notice most of what I've spoken on isn't even business oriented. It's basically social engineering and social uh, competence, if you will. I want a business successful but socially answerable for my acts and actions yet by worrying so much about my social actions i may be failing my business aspect because i can't really get to the top of the mountain and be around people who've made it very clear that some people have to be hurt some eggs have to be broken in order for the greater good for their sake is maintained we all want to be called ceos sometimes want to be called bosses want to be called the best and masters of this and that but masters must have a degree of servitude from their subjects and because it needs and demands that you're required to toe the line because you're required to toe the line you can't have an opposition when you're told by your legal team or by your those who surround you that some people have to be hurt for you to be good Think about that and think about how that gets even pushed further up as far as responsibility and guilt when it comes to power and politics. It's why I never really touch politics on this podcast. I leave that for a whole other podcast altogether. Here I just try to touch on the things that are my musings and my interactions with myself and asking myself these questions. And I don't think I'll ever really have a grasp of how to perceive success, but as it goes and as it stands right now, my perception of success is if everybody who was touched by the work I create or consumes the work I create is left with a better impression of not only themselves or what they could do further from what I do. If an artist decides to make a book thanks to the fact that they could see that I made one and they want to push the quality of book that they create thereafter, then so be it. If the world sees the animation that we are soon going to be dropping after I complete it, and they say it proves the capacity and capability of the people of your area of the world and the people of your likeness and the people of your community, if it makes me 
play a part in the greater good which is to make the continent of Africa gain its respect, then again, I've served my purpose. I wish to be successful and to be able to sleep at night. Probably a Gemini fear, but I objectively choose to do that. Integrity and quality and all these things are very important. Say it with me. Be Caesar or be nothing at all. No other episode has ever had me really question how far I want to be nothing at all, but the Caesar part will come to pass. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of the podcast. And as always, take care of yourselves. Be good, be great, be amazing. Push yourself further than you ever thought you could. Don't worry about making mistakes because those are also lessons to be learned. Until next time. Uno.